the Jupe Meister is back from Honey Boy <laughs> as, the, as the son Peter in this. Jupe, it, it there it like, is. Like, as soon as he appeared on screen, I was like, why do I immediately feel for this kid? And yep. I'm like, oh, yep, Honey Boy. Yeah, you're the kid with bad dads. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 580 with a review of Ford v. Ferrari. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, uh, we are covering a film that came out a few weeks ago. Um, Stephen was out. We were going to have a guest on the episode. Um, schedules didn't work out for that. David Klein wasn't available to join. Um, we do want to see if we can get him on for Jumanji, so maybe that will work out. Um, but for now, mark my word, I will not be on the Jumanji two episode. So, <laughs> so you either come on, Dave. It's all you. You either won't hear a Jumanji episode, or we'll have de- uh, guest David Klein on for that one. Um, but yeah, so for now, it's just the two of us. Um, back to the usual schedule. We're gonna try to get as many episodes as we can out in these next coming weeks for you, because a bunch of stuff is gonna be releasing. Um, but uh, but yeah, so. Ford v. Ferrari is a film about small vehicles mm-hmm. going really, really fast. I think the opposite of a small vehicle oh, going really, really fast there. is a very, very, very large vehicle going very, very slowly. Stephen Miller, do you want to let us know what you've been doing for the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Uh, Princess Cruise v. Work Stress. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been gone for two weeks because I was on a 15-day cruise going through the Panama Canal. Um, with a ton of people where the median age was probably like 75. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. I didn't I didn't work at all. I didn't record any podcasts. I didn't watch any new movies, but I did catch up on the Lion King movie. Um, <laughs> watched, as I think God intended, on a sub-VGA screen that was like giant and on top of the cruise. So, oh yeah, this is the, the Under the Stars yeah, broadcast. Yeah, this is it. Movies Under the Stars. And I have to say, like, if you're going to watch a movie with the Uncanny Valley effect being so heavy, I strongly recommend watching it on like a five-pixel screen because it really it really undercuts the awkwardness and what you're left with is like, yeah, that was like an okay video game. No yeah. big deal. And then and then when they did Can You Feel the Love Tonight, you literally could feel the love tonight. I could. It was nighttime. You were at night. I got to say, like, the movie opened and they were doing the, like, Ha's a mummy kind of, kind of thing. And, and there were seagulls flying in, like, unison above my head while I watched it. And I was like, Mother Nature is beautiful. Yeah, and then one shot in your eye and you're like, fucking Mother Nature. <laughs> Yep. Well, there's no Mother Nature left for us in the studio here. It is just us talking about uh, the opposite yep. of Mother Nature. Mother Nature is gone and dads <laughs> have come out to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a story. Um, I, I don't think, I think we, we've mentioned this many a time in past, um, you know, Fast and Furious films, but I don't think either of us are car guys. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the fastest we've driven is late at night on the five going from San Francisco to San Diego. Oh, yeah. Not approaching speeds like any of these. Um, Speak for yourself. Hopefully with brakes that do. I feel like you had a brake situation one time. I feel like there's a story I'm like now remembering back from you of like brakes not working very well. I, I've had like screechy brakes before and I've definitely had I, I've had my 
gonna say carburetor <laughs> not work. <laughs> I've had the thing where you like your engine starts smoking and you have to like pour pour water <laughs> to cool it down. <laughs> I uh, carburetor is a part of the car, but in my head it's like a car a car uh, berator. berator. Yeah, <laughs> um, Daniel Glass. <laughs> I forget his name. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I've definitely I've had some car troubles in my life, and yeah. Ford V Ferrari brought back a few of them. Like, there, there's definitely one where he's driving. <laughs> Was one of them that a mechanic insulted you for not knowing how to drive your own no, car? No, I'm actually getting this confused with <laughs> Queen and Slim. <laughs> That's where a car starts smoking. All of a sudden, they have to take it into a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Nothing in my life has come close to Ford V Ferrari, but I did go to the Lamborghini Museum in Italy when I was there. Like two months ago, a month and a half ago. So I felt a little bit closer to this movie, I think, than, than you might otherwise have done. Well, um, what, what do you, I mean, usually we do this right before we start the review after the trailer's played, but I'll just ask you, what were your sort of expe- expectations going into this film? Non-existent. Um, <laughs> I did not care at all about this movie. The idea of it didn't excite me in any way. I think it was playing at TIFF. Right, I, I think it was a TIFF movie. I believe it was, yeah. We definitely... I, I don't think it was an option for us, but yeah, we I, I think it was before we arrived. Yeah, I, I was not champing at the bit to watch it, even if it had been, though. It wasn't really a movie that was, like, heavily on my radar. But it looked like a dad rock movie. It's like, you know, <laughs> there's cars. You got Christian Bale and Matt Damon and my boy Tracy Letts. Canonically, <laughs> I love anything Tracy Letts is in. So um, that, you know, that has to count for something. But it, it was solidly in my... I'll definitely watch it before the end of the year, and otherwise I don't care, right? Yeah. At camp. What, what about you? Yeah, I, I think that the trailer, after I had seen it, like, you know, ad nauseum, I, I was kind of, like, feeling it a little bit. I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'll, I, like, I remember when uh, Rush was coming out, mm-hmm. that was one that, like, that trailer just, like, amped you up, I've right? I've never like, seen Rush. <laughs> you haven't seen Rush? Yeah, I haven't. I um, felt like I should watch it before this movie, but I I, I, I mean, they are technically different films but like i i yeah i mean that one definitely it had an awesome trailer when that song would kick in and get you hyped we we like made fun of that song during every other movie i feel like that year when we were doing our reviews but uh but yeah i i think that the trailer for this film sort of got me sort of interested by the time i went and sat down to see it but i think the nagging question for me is like if if they don't win in the end, why would they even make this film? Is like I couldn't help but ask that question. I was mm-hmm. like, "This is a long film. How can it be exciting if I think I know how it's going to end?" Yeah. And can this film do the magic trick of like giving me a ride that keeps me on the edge of my seat yep. instead of in the back of the seat? <laughs> See, I had another question, which is more mechanical, and which I still don't think I have an answer to, which is. So race car driving is all about the speed of the car. I hope that's not, you know, controversial to say. <laughs> like, they talk ad nauseum about, like, this was done in 202 seconds rather than 204, right? Yeah. It's like a, a game of seconds. Well, it's, it's the, the speed in the... It's how fast you can get around the track, which is right. not directly related to speed. Right, right, Because you have to turn. But, so. but still, it, it is a game of seconds of advantage. And yet... These are 12 to 24-hour races depicted in this movie with many pit stops and changes of driver yeah. and stuff. How does the speed of the car become the deciding factor? How is it not all a game of who can pit stop the quickest? I, I feel like you see people neck and neck where, like, 
every like mile per hour counts. Yeah. And I've never understood like how is that not just completely eviscerated by all the logistics that go into keeping the car running. So once again, not a car guy, not a race fan. I play some Forza Motorsport mm-hmm. in my day. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> um so there 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 are lots of aspects to this. I'm so talking to my, out of my ass. But essentially it, it does come down to those things, but it comes down to everything. But the thing is, if you can get out ahead, then all your drive is about is about having that perfect line and being able to do your best. Mm. Once you've lapped everybody, then it's a game of you're playing this individual mini race against those people. So you always don't want to be in a pack because then you're I mean, if you're close in behind somebody, you can draft and do all that stuff. Um, but you're going to be in a situation where if you're constantly trying to dart and weave around people, then you can't have that like fast, like go, 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 go. That answers the question of like the average speed versus passing someone where it seems like you've been driving for 18 hours. Why is passing someone so important right now? Yeah. But it, it makes sense if it's about like the freedom to do the drive you want to do rather than being forced into a box by yeah, someone yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, think about if like we, as, as an office, we have gone and done uh go-kart racing before. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, you in the front you i've never ha- been in the front <laughs> <laughs> well in the front i've never been in the front front um which i blame on the fact that i weigh more than the people that i'm racing sure. yes probably momentum <laughs> um but uh but essentially everybody that's in the fir- like the first five look like a snake playing the game snake right mm-hmm. where it's like this perfect thing where like they all move in this perfect line and as long as nobody fucks up everybody's going to stay in that order but what about the blue and, shell and <laughs> but like everybody else behind who is maybe a little bit more timid on their first few laps they are this wash in the back behind everything right so the pack leaders are like just on each other's ass the whole time and everybody else is just stuff that they have to dodge once they come around and start lapping people <laughs> so i think that like there is a lot of games about this individual passing and then staying together in this heat and then breaking away and doing your own thing and being able to get that the perfect lap is drafting a thing yeah, yeah. okay i've said the word like five times yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what i mean though is like physically being right behind someone makes it easier like in the tour de france or other sports yeah, you have less resistance on the on the mm-hmm. car and stuff like that so it, it does help but cool the tolerance is there so crazy that if somebody like does something bad, you have to get the fuck out of the way. Otherwise, that car, you're going to hit that car. I understand sports now. <laughs> there, there is at least like three people listening who are like, fuck these guys, well, unsubscribe. The, the, the Tour de France is the same way where I've watched it. And it's like they've been biking for, I'm going to pull this out of my ass, like seven hours, right? And yet it comes down to like some crazy finish at the end where like, you know, Lance Armstrong like bikes a little bit faster at the end and yeah. cuts into the front. And I always wonder like... What are the odds that that happened at the end? But there's mechanics to it that make sense to, like, stay together until the final moments and then break free and do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's also, like, you – they have to stop and repair bikes at certain times. But you're – you have a time, which is what you officially got, and then you have a place that you're trying to come through. Because, yeah, because definitely by the time that they say this is the last lap or whatever – there are going to be cars that are still f- – like, there will technically be cars that cross that line before you. Mm-hmm. They're just not waving the flag for them because they are, like, 17 yeah. laps behind you because okay, they're This is my final question. <laughs> my final question before we talk about the movie. Um, so Le Mans is a 24-hour race, right? Yeah. Daytona is 24 hours. Sebring is 12 hours, I think. Like, in, in this movie, at least. I assume the real world is true also. Um if you have to cross a discrete finish line, how can it be measured in hours? 
can't, doesn't it have to be number of laps? Otherwise, why would it end on a finish line? So what I what I assume I know nothing about this, but it could be that like the laps are arbitrary. Once the time limit's up, it, it's kind of like when you're, you know, you're playing. It's the final lap. Yeah, once it's like, the time limit it's like, oh, last score wins, right? It, it's, it's that whole thing yeah. of, like, kids playing in the field. And, like, once you've hit, once you've crossed 24 hours, boom, then you're done. Third's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well. <laughs> First is the worst. Third's the nerd. I'm so sorry, everyone. All right. Well, now that we're done talking about things that we have nothing that we can actually talk <laughs> authoritatively about, mm-hmm. um, we are going to review this film, yep. which we, of course, authoritatively oh, can yeah. speak about. Um, so we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Ford v. Ferrari, and then we're going to come back and uh, let you know what we thought about this film. Look out there. Out there is the perfect lap. You see it? I think so. Most people can't. Carol Shelby. Maybe. Lee I. Coke. Ford Motor. Suppose Henry Ford II wanted to build the greatest race car the world's ever seen to win the 24 hours of Le Mans. What's it take? Well, it takes something money can't buy. Money can buy speed. What in about speed? You need a pure racer behind the wheel of your car. That's Ken Miles. I don't trust him an inch. We heard he's difficult. No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. No, whatever it is, Shell, no. Trust me. You're going to build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. How long did you tell them that you needed? Two, three hundred years? Ninety days. <laughs> this isn't the first time Ford Motors has gone to war. We know how to do more than push paper. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. Thank you, sir. think you can beat Ferrari? We're lighter, we're faster. That don't work, we're nastier. We're gonna make history. You ready? I was born ready, Mr. Shelby. Hit it. So that was the trailer for Ford v. Ferrari. Um, it is the story of, essentially, there's this race, as we've been talking about earlier, called the Le Mans. And that is a 24-hour race that takes place. And essentially, essentially Ferrari has won it for the last several years um, because they make cars that are super crazy and uh, nobody can make a car that beats them. Um, Ford is, they, they basically, they're trying to do a marketing push because all the people who came home from the war and bought all these Ford cars and know they're dependable are now having kids, and those kids are growing up, and they don't want to drive the car their dad has. Okay, boomer. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they need to come up with a new car or at least do something to promote Ford as being a cool, racy, sporty car. So they came, they basically come up with this plan that what if they could design and build essentially from scratch a Ford vehicle that could compete in this race and potentially beat Ferrari at their own game. And uh, they pull some people from the industry that uh, have had a lot of good luck <laughs> driving cars in the past and try to put together this team to engineer this car and get everything going so they can hopefully win the race in the end. And uh, yeah, that is basically the story. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Ford v. Ferrari? Okay, so I think that James Mangold is incredibly good at making movies that should not be good be pretty damn good. <laughs> um, so, like, Walk the Line, 310 to Yuma, Logan, um, Night and Day, but we won't talk about that one. <laughs> and <laughs> and, Night and Day is pretty great. Sure, it's definitely better That's than the, the Tom alternative. Cruise and, yeah, yeah, uh, there, yeah, there yeah. was another terrible one that came out at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but he is just a guy that makes, like, really solid movies i think he isn't aspiring to perfection or lofty ideals he's here to make a crowd-pleasing movie that gives you the feels right i, th I think about walk the line right it it's a movie that is like this is going to be a biopic you know what i'm going to do i'm not going to deviate like i'm basically going to make the dewey cox story but i'm going to yeah. do it <laughs> so damn well that like you're gonna be impressed anyway and as much as I was not excited for Ford v. Ferrari... <laughs> I like the idea of your selling Walk the Line being the real-life remake of Walk Hard. I mean, it's so close to Walk Hard. Like, it's, it's, yeah, but Walk Hard I, I know that Walk that Hard is making fun of it. I'm it just, just saying... It's a funny way to... It, like, it yeah. sounds like you're saying it's Walk, a Walk Hard barely had to do anything to be a parody of it, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think with Ford v. Ferrari, he did it again. He, he made a very entertaining movie that, as I think about it now, my bullet point list is, like, two talks points like i've i've nothing to say about this movie except that i had a really fucking fun time watching a sport i don't understand be done by people who i mostly shouldn't care about right like and i think a lot of it comes down to the actors like matt damon as carol shelby is great as always he he has that brad pitt thing where he has to be chewing all the time but like <laughs> it works in the context of a sports yeah chewing scenery yeah there you go uh the race car movie um christian bale as ken miles like he was just great I, I loved getting to hear him do his kind of like rugged english accent after so much time being spent as an american yeah. it felt like the real you know yelling at the lighting guy christian bale finally got to <laughs> let loose and right. just throw it's, wrenches <laughs> it's basically he was method acting as himself in that film yep. uh, i finally learned who lee iacocca is who i believe Steve Carell talks about in The Office, or they go to Lake Iacocca or something. I don't remember. There's some reference to him somewhere, and I was happy to do it. And Noah Jupe, the Jupe Meister, is back from Honey Boy <laughs> as, the, as the son Peter in this. Jupe, it, it there it like, is. Like, as soon as he appeared on screen, I was like, why do I immediately feel for this kid? And yep. I'm like, oh, yep, Honey Boy. Yeah, you're the kid with bad dads. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, my boy Tracy Letts as the deuce. <laughs> Henry Ford too, um, yeah. It, it's just like a it's a star-studded cast that is just like having fun telling the story where they they are clearly modifying it to make it be a movie-going experience. Like I'm not going to spoil too much, but I wanted to read about the real race after the fact just to learn how much is true, how much is false. And for instance, Ken Miles did go to the race the year before too. Like there are things that are fabricated to make the story more of like 
an underdog story, yeah. but it works so damn well. And it it does it even though I understand cars no more now than I did going into the movie. Yeah. But it does communicate the idea of like the the kind of expertise and the kind of personal vested interest you need to have to make this machine operate well like it it kind of reminded me of watching first man actually and watching how like the right guy has to be like behind this rickety machine in order yeah. to control it and make it really work and 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 the fact that this thing could just literally burst into flames ex- exactly. at any moment in time yeah, and all the geniuses in the world can only do so much but at the end of the day it really comes down to somebody who has a feel for the machinery who knows like exactly when to slow and when to make it quicker yeah um and yeah, I don't know. I just thought it it did a really good job. It compressed time in the right way. I felt like the pace was dead on. Like they they start very soon, but then they ease into the race. So you kind of get to build like what is important, what could go wrong, what what do I need to worry about? They don't give you that much of the characters, but it's like enough to care about them. And damn, like I, I really wanted Christian Bale to win watching this. And I, I don't know why. I, I don't know like deep inside of me why I care about a wealthy American corporation beating a less wealthy Italian corporation yeah. in a racing sport. Like, I, I don't know why any of that should mean anything, but it, it was just a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I, I think it does, even the tropes, it does very well. Like, there's kind of bookended monologues in this movie where Matt Damon is talking about, like, he's waxing about, like, the speed and what happens when you hit a yeah. certain, certain you know, thing. The, the yeah, car becomes a weightless and it's just you moving through space. Yeah, it becomes like a commercial, basically. Yeah. Um, but... Like, at the beginning of the movie, because I wasn't fully in yet, I was like, all right, this is the movie we're watching. <laughs> I've never felt this way when I drove. Yeah. I've never hit 7,000 RPM. <laughs> Obviously, Steven, you've never driven a Ford. <laughs> I sure haven't, no. <laughs> um, it's funny, because Ford is still, to me, like, the canonical not-cool car. Yeah. Oh, it was my first car, and oh, yeah. I definitely had the not-cool model. Yep. Yeah, my family drove an Aerostar and then a Ford Explorer, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. My 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 first car is the car I should be driving now. <laughs> to put it to put it that way. Yep. I'm 36. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, when the second half of the bookend starts and the movie is on its close and he's doing the same monologue again, it got me real good. I yeah. was like so 100% on board for everything he was saying. Fuck those businessmen with suits and ties who don't understand the feel of the vehicle you know like <laughs> i was in it and i was getting some real like like uh, furious seven type vibes of like oh man i am feeling the the power of cars and the male bonding that cars yeah. allow for and it it just worked on me the trick of the movie worked i feel like the race scenes are so much fun they do a good job of like distilling it down to a few pivotal moments even though a 24-hour race like i can't even like grok what that means in real life but the they they make it personal enough that it, it it's just a good fun sports movie that dads everywhere should come <laughs> and enjoy. Sorry, Triple Frontier, you had your time. There's a new dad in town. <laughs> There's a new Batman in town. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think that Ford v Ferrari is so much better than it I, I think it should have been. It is incredibly compelling, and I think that. It is surprisingly compelling throughout the whole thing. I mean, from the very, very beginning. I mean, going into this film, um, if I could spoil a tiny bit of the introduction to how this story is starting, is that it's not just Ford wants to beat Ferrari. Certain things happen within the story that create an actual vendetta of of Ferrari fucking over Ford in... And and that makes Ford, too, <laughs> Ford the second, yeah, decide deuce. that, like... No, I need to fucking take this. I need. I, we need to hurt 
Ferrari. It's not just about we want to make a vehicle that can win this race because we've been losing all these years. It's we want to design from scratch a vehicle to fuck these guys over because they did me wrong and they're 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 interrupting my attempt to build a legacy for myself. So immediately from the beginning, I was like, all right, this is a different story. I'm on yeah. board now. Like it was one thing when it was just we want to win. Somebody wanting to win a race is not enough for me to care about that race. But when it was like, oh damn, he yeah, did. When you a billionaire is gonna, <laughs> yeah, he did get you his wrong. ego's throat. <laughs> when that asshole Italian guy, <laughs> like it's it's it it becomes a thing where like you actually suddenly now you're like, okay, cool. So now I now I understand why you are invested as a person. Um, so I'm like, cool. Let's do that. There's a racial slur for Italians that he uses in this movie very boldly, and I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> it was another time, Steve. I just Googled it to check, like, is that word okay? <laughs> I hope you typed, is X okay to say? I just spun my laptop around to show Chris I typed, is X a slur? <laughs> Point being, there was an already thing where I'm on board with this. Then we get to see the story of a man who was competing at the top of his game, but due to a health condition, had to step back and just mm-hmm. start making race cars instead of driving them. So, and his life has changed so much that he yeah. has to like spin out in traffic and do stuff that's really dangerous. He's like the platonic just, coach character yeah, in a movie ju- now. Just to feel that rush again. Like he mm-hmm. needs to feel that. In ways that, let's be honest, if he had a heart condition, I feel like spinning out in traffic might trigger that heart condition yeah. the same as going 200 miles an hour on a track but well or maybe this is in the trailer taking henry ford the second on a daring life-defying race around a track <laughs> when you have a heart condition that yeah. makes you black out it just it just it this seems a little weird but like i can forgive it that but basically it's it's every single character has so much skin in this game mm. that it's not just oh is Ford going to build this thing that before I ever sat in a theater, I was pretty sure has to succeed. And it turns into this thing where all of the characters have something on the line. Even the, the freaking, uh, the, 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 the marketing guy, yeah. like th- this film starts with a big monologue <laughs> where Henry Ford, the second is like, yo, everyone go home, come back tomorrow with an idea. And if you don't have an idea, don't come back at all. It would just like, this guy is not just like being like a smarmy marketing guy who has this idea about how like sex sells. It's like this guy is staking his career on this. Mm-hmm. Henry Ford II is staking his legacy on this. The one guy I can't raise, like he ha- he's the only American to have competed in this race at all. He wasn't doing it for an American car company, but he drove a car in the race and won it in the past. And has been chasing getting back to that against his own health. And then you have, uh, you know, Christian Bale's character, who is a man who is basically people don't want to work with him because of his attitude. But he's super skilled and he ends up having to compete in these small time races because that's the only thing he kind of has access to. Yeah, I think is that like and, Palm Springs or something in the beginning of the movie? Yeah, and, and it's like every character in the story has so much going on that beat to beat you get uh triumphs and failures like left and right throughout the course of this like i don't know it's got to be like two hours and something minutes right yeah like 210 uh, so it's like there is so much happening and so many ups and downs and so many characters who have skin in the game that the entire time it's compelling and there's scenes where like the 
though this film doesn't teach me a lot about cars, it does stress the fact that, like, look, a car doing any one thing on the track is one thing. But having to do three different things plus do it for 24 hours straight is intense. And it sets up all these situations where, look, we can skip this pit. We can book it super hardcore. But these brakes are going to fail eventually, and we have to decide whether we push it to the absolute last second and risk having to blow a whole lap just because we've fucked up the car, or do we push through and pull it early and maybe not have a chance to pass this person? Like it, it's a it's a game where there are so many uh, forwards and backwards over the course of this film that the whole time you're just like rooting and like you're just like you want to fist bump everything. And also, I don't know if you, did you see it in either. IMAX, uh, Dolby, or the uh, whatever the Century one is. No, nah, just the standard Metreon. And just feeling like I'm not somebody who cares that much about engine rev noises, but like you really get into this film and you feel it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I want some of that. Yep. <laughs> so we we work in a space where we work with a lot of car companies, and one of the execs today asked me to recommend a movie, and I recommended Ford v Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did they go for it? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. So, oh, go ahead. if I can give one criticism, because again, this is a movie that hits pretty much every, it, it checks every checklist you want from a sportsy male competition type movie. Um, one thing I feel like it could have done a better job of is making these cars takes a village, I'm sure. Like, it is a huge effort that the Ford company put into making it. And the movie decides, for better or worse, to distill all of that into Christian Bale's character where he is the he is the face of the vehicle he is everything about it he's the one who determines why it lifts too much in the front how much it should weigh what they should do with it and i liked that in terms of his character but i feel like i wanted to get a little bit more of a sense of like what went into that like how did that feedback loop actually work to make this brand new machine out of nowhere with at first 90 days um mild spoilers there's more time total in the movie than that yeah. but I, I i felt like there was a little bit missing where they wanted it to be at the heart of the character so much they didn't they didn't give me the detail that i feel like i would have really enjoyed running with because i want to know like how do you build a fucking car out so, of nowhere yeah you know? so so that's the thing is by the time christian bale comes onto this project they they have a working prototype of the car they had it made somewhere in europe and they ship it over and in one of my favorite scenes in the film is is before Christian Bale decides to come on, Matt Damon is like, just, I just want to show you something. And he's like, you want to take it for a spin? He takes it for a spin and he gets out of the car and his brain can already feel everything that's wrong with the car. Yeah. And he just starts talking as though he's signed on yeah. and he hasn't taken the deal, but he is just like, it does this when I turn and then when I go this off the line, it's doing that. I can feel it lifting off the track and like he's just, his brain can't help but try to solve the problem that is the car that has been put in front of him. And I love that aspect of the film. It did feel sort of, uh, it did feel sort of too much of a shorthand when it's just like, oh, and here's the car we got shipped over from yeah. Europe. But I think they, over the course of him tweaking with the car and like the ups and downs of who's going to drive it and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. I think that more than makes up for it. But in that moment, I very much was sort of of that sort of thought where I'm like, I'm like, wait, 
thought they were, I thought they were going to build a car from scratch, yeah. and they just shipped the car yeah, over. The trailer kind of sells you on the building the car, right? Like, how much yeah, time did you tell them this is going to take? And the movie is not really about building the car. The movie is about surviving the race, right? Yeah. That's the main drive of the movie. But and, and that yeah, that's one of the things I love too. Is that like this is not about what does it take to win a race. It's like what does it take? Like you can build a car that is the fastest car on the face of the planet. You can build a car that is the tightest turning car on the face of the planet. You can build a car that can stop at a dime. You cannot build all of it's like the the pyramid of mm. like software development, right? Yeah. It's like you can't do all of these things at the same time. So how do we balance this out? We know the strengths of what Ferrari is and how they've won these races because we have the historical record and we can go back and look at everything they did and we can find out as much as possible that that car that they're running. But we are trying to build a thing that takes all the parts that they maybe can't do and beat it on those terms. And I, I don't know, I just, I just found that part of everything really interesting. Yep. I agree. It might help that I don't know a lot about cars. So it's like Hell all no. the techno babble. It was like watching like a Star Trek thing with like, turn on the blah, 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 and scan yeah. the planet with the blah. <laughs> it's like watching a movie with subtitles. I'm like, I assume this makes sense. <laughs> All right. Well, should we get to verdicts? Sure. <laughs> All right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Chris, I didn't think I was going to do this, but I'm giving it a must-see. I feel like this is a fun time at the movies that is exactly what you see is what you get. Like, it delivers on the trailer. It's fun. It is silly. It is only exactly as heavy as you need to feel emotion for like five minutes before letting go of it. It is not that difficult. You know, it's a just a rip roaring good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a must see as well. I thought this was a surprisingly fantastic film that really drew me in and gave me so much more than I could have expected as far as like highs and lows and ups and downs and people to care about um, how things end for them. And, uh, it it made me cry with the line, the perfect lap. <laughs> yep. The Jubemeister. <laughs> it was basically saying the perfect lap was the equivalent of, you wouldn't be here if I wasn't paying you. <laughs> <laughs> no Jupe is like the new Chalamet. Just, just wait a few years. Yep. Kid's going to be everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is our review of Ford v. Ferrari. Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me walking or taking a bus <laughs> at sdavidmiller.com or twitter.com slash sdavidmiller. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Ford v. Ferrari. So hopefully you are enjoying that. Did you say Ford v. Sever? <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome crossover. Like X. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is this review. We have more reviews to come. We have more reviews coming in the next few weeks. Um, we're not going to name them all because we don't know how many are coming out and when. But we're going to do our best. We're seeing a few things early that are coming out Christmas. So we'll probably be throwing those out as well. Um, So, yeah, keep listening. Keep tuning in. 
keep your engines revved. <laughs> I never get to go back in the feeds for Marriage Story, Uncut Gems, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. We got a lot of things that are trickling out now that that was totally like September. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye everyone. Bye.